Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Driven Celebrities podcast. I hope you've had a really special week so far. Now then. Let's tell you a little bit about who is going to be on the show this week. Every now and again, well, actually quite a lot, to be honest, because I've had so many lovely conversations in this job where I've been able to chat to kind of uh, people of profile and people that have done cool things and people I admire or, you know, whatever it may be. You meet a guest or a guest or two who you actually kind of realise, I'd really like to be friends with you, you know, and don't get me wrong, I acknowledge the nature of the connection, you know, Oftentimes I'm talking to someone who has something to sell, therefore, you know, it's in their interest to be super bright and smiley with me and maybe laugh a little louder at my rubbishy jokes than they would in real life and so on. But that said, sometimes you can tell when someone's being genuine and they're just really interesting and really lovely and really cool, etc. And you come away with that feeling, they'd be great as a friend. Not just that was a great conversation, but they'd be great as a friend. Well, this week, you know, that that is kind of the case. First up, we have the absolutely lovely Emily Atak, who just kind of giggled and laughed, and I thought she was really cool. And she, rather like you know Tom Ellis last week and one or two others, she was kind enough to send me a couple of text messages after the uh, after the interview, and just you know was really lovely, really kind of cool. And I thought, wow, she's very very nice, you know. And and I'm not going to name names here, but sometimes you you kind of also learn the ones that aren't very very nice. You know, you can kind of tell when when people are just putting it on. And I obviously always send a thank you message to everybody. Um, but some people, when they don't even acknowledge those messages, and you kind of think, hmm, it's not difficult to just send an emoji thumbs up, for example. Anyway, that's by the by. Emily Atak was lovely. So, yeah, I'd quite like to be her friend. I thought she was cool. Kelvin Fletcher, star of Emmerdale, and, of course, the winner of Strictly Come Dancing 2019. He not only is lovely, he is an actual friend of mine. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've known Kelvin for years through, through the racing scene. I've hosted British GT for the best part of a decade. He won it last year in GT4. He's currently doing my job this year in, in British GT. I wasn't able to do it for, uh, for COVID reasons. Um, they're putting lots of precautions in place, but because of various members of my family shielding and so on and so forth, it was just felt that um, probably wise that I, I skipped this season. And so the, the organisers of British GT said to me, well, Andy, who, you know, who do you want to step in for you for this season? And I immediately, I was actually with Kelvin the day after we'd had that conversation and he was so keen and so up for it. I just said, well, how about Kelvin? He's raced in it. He's not racing it this season. He's very good on camera and I know he's going to race again next season. So, you know, he's not going to steal my job long term because he's doing a very good job, by the way, Kelvin, if you're listening, do a slightly worse job, please. You're making me look a bit rubbish. Anyway, that's by the by. Good friend of Kelvin's. He's a top, top man. They're my final guest and the one actually that we're going on longer than we did on the radio with this week because I promised you a couple of weeks ago that we'll try and give you more than you get from the radio show. My final guest is Gokwan, who I just thought was absolutely brilliant. I've been watching his new cooking show and I was able to talk to him about that. And it's such a good cooking show. I mean, I'm a real soft spot for, uh, for the sort of dishes he's cooking anyway. You know, that's, that's my kind of food. I love what he's cooking. So... I'm a sucker for that already. And it was just 
He was such a friendly, warm, very nice man, including after I'd said goodbye and stuff. He made a real point of, you know, thanking me and, and being very, very nice and funny. And, you know, he, he kind of quipped that I could go around to his anytime I'd like for dinner. And I'd be well up for that. The problem is I don't have his number. I was given a PA's number or whatever. So I couldn't text him a thank you. So I thought, oh, I know. Uh, you know, Randomly, a, a Facebook suggestion came up, right? So, you know, every now and again, you know, you kind of think your device is listening to you. You know, let's say you're talking about going on holiday to, uh, I don't know, Nice or whatever, just in, in conversation with someone you're with. And then the next day or so, you start seeing these adverts for holidays to Nice and so on. Well, Facebook suggested that I might, I should be friends with Gok, because Gok is on Facebook apparently, and it was one of those, you know, suggested mates things. So I was like, oh, of course, yeah, so I'll, I'll hit request. No reply yet. I still want to be his friend, but he hasn't responded. Anyway, we do go long with Gok longer than we went on the radio show. So extra, uh, I don't know, I think there's about an extra 20 minutes with Gok Wan, as well as these lovely chats with Emily Atak and Kelvin Fletcher. That's your podcast for this week. It's the Driven Celebrities Podcast with me, Andy J. We really appreciate when you spread the word, when you like or review or share. And if you can say nice things, that'd be amazing. If you'd like to post about it on your social media, that'd be amazing. You know, we've got a huge back catalogue of celebrities in our armoury now, and yet we're still very new and very young. We've only been doing this for a few weeks. So... The more people that help spread the word, the better. And now that you've listened, I'm hoping you've listened to more than one. And if you've made it into five minutes of me waffling, well, good on you. Let's get into the celebrities, shall we? Thanks for your company today, and let's dive in. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio, in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hey there, welcome to Driven here on Talk Radio. I'm Andy J. This is the show that likes to talk to celebrities and achievers about what drives them. And today, we've got a really lovely selection of guests for you. First up, she's an extremely funny lady. She captured the hearts of the nation, well, for many things she's done in her career, but not least because she was just such a star and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, the glorious Emily Atak. She is our first guest for the show. Then a man who in 2019 showed us that he's not just a extremely talented actor and very decent racing driver, incidentally. He's also got snake hips. I'm talking about Strictly Come Dancing 2019 winner, Mr. Kelvin Fletcher. And my last guest is a man who I've been wanting to talk to for ages because he's just had such a varied career. And I've got to say, he just comes across as incredibly likeable in everything he does. The magnificent Gok Wan. This is Driven with me, Andy J. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Now listen, laughter has never been more important and here to tell us why is someone that I'm genuinely thrilled to be able to speak to. She's a presenter, she's a comedian, she's an actor and she's basically phenomenal. I'm already in love with her. Oh. It's Emily Atak. How are you doing, Emily? introduction thank you so much well it's also all true i think you're wonderful oh my god i think you're wonderful thank you so much <laughs> how lovely emily you're a bringer of joy you know you've lit up our oh. lives for a long long time across many oh. different guises that is such a sweet thing to say well i my whole life i've always kind of just i've been taught to not take life too seriously don't take yourself too seriously and well, this is why i've teamed up with laughing cow which also by the way 
I think is a perfect name for me. I'm always encouraging people to laugh in the face of adversity. And I think particularly right now, it's really, really important, you know, um, and I've, I've, I've learned in this research with working with Laughing Town, 79% of Brits have turned to laughter throughout lockdown. And I think that's a really, really lovely thing. I mean, isn't it great? You know, it's, it's, I guess that's the British spirit as well, isn't it? You know, sometimes we just kind of, sometimes we, we Brits get a bit lambasted for our kind of damn master's yes. attitude. But actually the, the ability to laugh is, is something we're all pretty good at. It so is. And I, 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 growing up my whole life, I, you know, I was the girl always getting in trouble for giggling in the classroom and giggling in assembly and teachers telling me off. But I always knew that um, laughter, laughter is so important in so many ways. It's good. It, it's so important for your mental health. Um, so, yeah, that was the excuse I used to my teachers. But I'm sorry, I'm doing it for my mental health. <laughs> it's great. No, it's absolutely the right thing. I've got to pick you up, though. You are. I don't know why you called yourself the laughing cow. That couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> I also I'm ran- proud of it. <laughs> I randomly had you had heard that you had described yourself as well as uh, what was it now? Something to do with a, a mermaid? A, oh a yes, well, I, mermaid. I, a, I am like a naughty mermaid. Well, I love mermaids. I wore this really sort of sparkly blue dress yesterday, and I felt like a naughty naughty mermaid. I think with me because I am very naughty, and I'm very mischievous. I always have to add those kind of words before anything that I do. So, yeah, I, I am naughty. I'm very giggly. I think I'll always be that way. Just for confirmation on the mermaid thing, it's about a dress. You haven't grown gills and a tail. No, I haven't gone that mad in lockdown. Um, but, you know, there's still time. There's still time. That would have been quite a claim to fame, Emily. It would have been, it would have been pretty nuts. You are uniquely placed to be able to talk to us about... Survival, actually, I suppose, is, is the sort of slightly more crucial term of this. You know, we've all we've all kind of experienced our own truths or whatever during lockdown and, and, and the strangeness yeah. of 2020. But, you know, if we look at your life prior to this year, you know, you've you've had many different battles in many different ways. And we have seen you come out on top. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so lucky that the people I have around me, I've got an amazing, amazing friends, amazing family. And I kind of I really like to show in life I, I really challenge myself and I always like kind of I, I think initially people sort of have me down as a slight you know blonde airhead type and I love to break that stereotype and prove people wrong yeah I and I think by laughing my way through everything that's how I've kind of got through things you know with my with my friends and family I, I did the same thing in the jungle really you know I think um, the jungle was a time that I've been reflecting on a lot during lockdown because uh, I mean, obviously, it's a very different situation. But you know, when you're in there, you're very deprived of the things that normally bring you joy in life: your friends and family, and and food and wine. Yeah, you have to kind of revert to minimalistic things. And and laughing in there was was all we had. Laughter was all we had, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. And we made up dance routines and we sang, and it kind of really just brought us. You know, you go back to basics. You stripped of everything. I often find that when I am sort of challenged in that way, I am a survivor and I, I do come out on top and I, I seem to surprise myself and, I, you know, surprise my parents. I think it does kind of make you stronger in the end. Oh, my God, Emily, let's hear some of your impressions. That's so funny. <laughs> come on. Who do you do? Who's the oh one that was with Jack? Danny! I'm Jack! Like your I love Jack! Jack! Yeah. Jack. Oh, my God, at the end of the day, right? He thinks he's going to make me cheese and um, croissant every morning. Like, I do love the boy, <laughs> but, like, things got to change boy. around the yard. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, Ruth Langsford. Oh, I love Ruth. Because we've got James Arthur coming in. He's going to sing us a song. <laughs> He's going to sing. And I know I like singing songs, but Amy doesn't let me sing songs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut, shut your mouth, you dirty guy. Emma Collins. 
at the end of the day, darling, I'm the GC. Yeah. You know it I was mean? such a lovely watch, that series. You know, sometimes it's, sometimes, you know, you must have seen these as well in previous years. Sometimes it's a bit of an uncomfortable watch when there's just tension and horrible and nasty. But, you know, mm. whenever you were on the screen, everything was just lovely and happy and everything was um, fine. You know, it was just a nice, rewarding. I was so lucky. I was lucky. The people that I had in there, oh my God. Like, And it was so genuine as well. So I don't think we didn't share a crossword in there. I, I think, you know, I was completely blessed with that, with that, my time in there. It was just magical. It was, it was complete magic. Um, I don't know what I did in life to deserve such an amazing experience. And yeah, as I say, I've just been re reflecting on it so much. I've, you know, I've actually watched a few YouTube clips of it <laughs> to kind of, to get me through this lockdown period, just That's to remember, lovely. you know. Yeah, it's just, it reminds me of who I really am and the person the person that was in the jungle, you know, I sometimes struggle to find that person in the real world because, you know, the real world brings so much kind of, it brings more trials, tribulations and challenges. And I think when you're in there, I, I, in there, I kind of felt like I could escape all of that. And yeah. it really yeah. did help me escape it. And I, yeah, I look back on, with such fond memories. So actually YouTubing some videos um, of, of us in there has been has been really lovely kind of reminding myself who I really am and how strong I can be and you raise a really interesting point actually because it's you know sometimes we have to remember who we are you know sometimes people get carried away in a circumstance or a situation or something yeah. dramatic in their lives you know a breakup you know a relative unwell or whatever and, and, and you know a, a job going wrong and, and, it, and it and it becomes what defines them and they forget who yeah completely they are. Yeah, it consumes you, doesn't it? And I think with something like this, with lockdown and everybody being, missing their friends and their families, and we've all been, everybody's been literally fearing for their lives. I think it, it's hopefully going to be the only situation we know in our lifetime where the whole world has had to come together. The whole world is in the same boat and we're all desperate to find the joy in things again. And I think that in these kind of times, you know, just even going on online, going on, on the internet and seeing all these funny videos of families doing, you know, TikTok together and you know, girlfriends trying to cut their boyfriend's hair and, you know, hilarious things that we've seen. And also real acts of kindness that have been going on. And I think all those things have just been so important to get us through. And it really has kind of brought, brought us all together. And, and weirdly, even though we've all been apart and lockdown, it's kind of made us more connected than ever, strangely. This is going to sound like I've made it up because we're talking, but it's actually true. One of the ways that I've got through it, I've rewatched The Inbetweeners, which, of course, you're a big, Have big part of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. that's great. Well, that will make you laugh, won't it? And, you know, I think if you've got that kind of very crude sense of humour, which I hope you do, because Absolutely. I think it's important to have a crude sense of humour, I think watching your favourite comedies is a really good tip. Um, to get you through but yeah um I, oh god i mean maybe i'm gonna have to rewatch some of the in between as some fun memories you have had sex before haven't you yes yes loads i've done it with two different girls had 11 lovers already five girls actually sorry it was it was five not two all right stud who were they then well there's a girl i met in australia australia yep i went on holiday when was that 2005 so you were 13? I was very mature for my age. Oh, older woman then, was she? No, she was a couple years younger, actually. So she was 11? I mean, what's it like for you? Because obviously that was an acting gig. You know, watching yourself back in mm -hmm. the jungle, that's you watching yourself, remembering who you are. How do you feel mm -hmm. when you watch yourself acting? You know, you're, you're not playing you, you're playing the, the words that someone else has written and the character. Yeah, do you created. know what? Because it's been quite a long time since I've watched myself acting, I don't know how it would feel now because, I, <laughs> you know, I'm so used to sort of, you know, presenting things and yeah. I... I've actually been I've been showing 
people who I am as a person a lot more recently. Um, but, oh, I'd love to, I mean, I'd love to get my teeth back into acting again and do that. And yeah, it would be interesting actually to see myself playing a role, uh, a different character again. But, you know, watch this space because there's a lot going on. Um, and Ooh, I'm not allowed that... to talk about a very particular thing at the moment, but I'm so excited to talk about it. What I can say is that I'm, you know, in the process of writing something and it's going to be great. And as soon as I'm allowed to release what that is, I'll 100% come back to you. Now that's really exciting, Emily. That's like, (laughs) whenever someone like you says, watch this space, it means something really cool is happening. It's not, it's not It's so cool. It's so cool. Honestly, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not allowed to say it, but it's so (laughs) cool. And I'm so lucky, you know, I'm going through a phase in life at the moment. Everybody's kind of allowing me to dip my toe into all these sort of different areas of the industry and it's so fun and I hope as lockdown eases and everybody is is getting safe and well again we can just start enjoying you know we need to save the theatres save the arts we need to um we need to save live comedy uh I've got you know I've got a tour that is unfortunately going to have to be postponed as as much as I've held on to it as long as I can but we've got new dates coming so people that have bought tickets you won't be disappointed we've got some some dates coming for next year and yeah we need to just get safe and well again and then we can all start enjoying enjoying the industry again enjoying the arts again absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean emily you're sort of saying there's this this is kind of lots of opportunities forming at the moment and, and i would propose mm-hmm. that that is that is partly because there is so much goodwill you know now that you have had the opportunity to show who you are to the world you know it's not just the mm-hmm. industry that are interested because you're you know you're a celebrity and everything but it's actually mm-hmm. people like you because you're you you're real you're open you're <laughs> honest you're true you know that's a that's a huge thing Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, I, I've, I, I've always been. My, my main thing is that I have never. I, I want to show people who I am. I let people in, and it's sometimes been a bit of a downfall in my life because I, I sometimes give people a bit too much. I'm quite a giving person, and it can, you know, it can be to detriment at times. But I thought, well, why not use that in a positive way and do a show like The Jungle, where you can really, really let people. You bear your soul, really. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I've always been that way. And I wanted to just kind of turn that into a positive rather than, you know, letting it be something negative in my life. The response has just been unbelievable. I'm so lucky and fortunate that, you know, people kind of warmed to me and people, you know, a a lot of people say to me, oh, I really want to go to the pub with you. You look like you'd have a great time at the pub. And I'm not being funny. That is so true. Let's do a conga to the pub. I am so down (laughs) for that. Do you know that's the quickest way to get through a crowd is start a conga line? That's what I've learned. It is, isn't it? I mean, let's do a socially distance, socially distance conga, shall we? I'm so, I'm so there. I mean, the other thing, Emily, is is by by being this open, by being this real with people, you control the narrative, don't you? No one's able to twist and kind of create a different version of you. Do you know what? I've really learned that. I've learned that if I'm just really open about the things that people could potentially turn into a negative, like for example, you know, I talk about going to the pub a lot. I talk about you know the fact how much I love wine, how much I love cheese, how much I love eating, and all these things that sometimes can be seen as a negative. I really, really eat about them so that if somebody does pick up on me, you know, drinking wine or eating a burger, and you know, it becomes a bit of a thing. I'm like, well, yeah, I already told you that I do that. It's no news to anyone that I like a drink and I like a burger. <laughs> and who doesn't love a drink and a burger? Thank you to Emily Atak. Now then. From the Queen of the Jungle to the King of the Ballroom. After the break, I'm joined by Twinkle Toes himself, Kelvin Fletcher. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. 
Find out more at drivenchat.com. I'm very pleased to be able to welcome my next guest. Now, if I was to list off my next guest's achievements, it would probably take the duration of this interview. So instead, I'm just going to say a very warm welcome to a really special man. It's Mr. Kelvin Fletcher. How are you doing, Kelvin? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I wanted to ask you how you would like to be introduced. That was, that was great. It was, uh, I don't know how true that is, as regards to achievements go. There's only a couple I can really think of. Oh, yeah, a couple of massive standouts. Well, <laughs> do you know why I started with that? Because you may not want me to say, he's just won Strictly Come Dancing, because you might be like, yeah, but I'm more than that. You may not want me to say, he was in Emmerdale for a thousand years, because <laughs> you might be like, yeah, I've, I haven't done that for a while. You may not want me to say British GT champion, because, you know, racing's been suspended for a bit, and new season starts, and we don't know how you're going to end this season, etc. So, do you see what I mean? Some like X Factor contestants don't want you to reference it after a couple of years. <laughs> well, I, I'm 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 proud of all my achievements in that sense. So the ones you mentioned there, I, I've got no uh, issues with you mentioning them because I'm, I'm very proud of them. Emmerdale is a huge part of, uh, of, of was a huge part of my life, so naturally that's always going to be mentioned. And uh, 20 years, you know, I was there, you know, from from being a young boy. And to a to a young man, really. So it's another huge part of my life. Yeah, I've got a brother. Hey. Thanks, everybody. This is the best present I've ever had, and it's the happiest day of my life. Uh, as a racing driver, there's something that started out as a hobby, that somewhat became another another profession, another career. Extremely proud of that, and especially last year to have to have been, you know, crowned the champion. And strictly, most recently, as a as a double champion, because I won the, obviously the TV show, and then yeah. I won the the live studio arena tour as well. Again, very, three de very different things. I'm not a dancer, I am an actor, uh, and I wasn't a racing driver. I've managed to kind of tick the box of all three. So, yeah, you know, something I'm very proud of. Yeah, hopefully my successes will continue, but behind those successes, I'm sure you'll, you'll be aware, there's millions and millions of failures, uh, you know, yeah. and that's part and parcel of the process. So people kind of only see the, the successes, but, you know, let me tell you, there's, there's a lot of failures, you know, currently at the minute I, I fail at many things and that's for me. I've built a resilience from being a young kid and uh, failure is just, it's not rejection, it's simply redirection. And that's right. why, you know, I find myself being redirected, you know, uh, even now currently on the back of such success, as you mentioned, it, I still get a lot of redirection, I like to call it. And it just makes me more ambitious and more determined to, to go on and strive and, and, and kind of continue to hopefully be successful. I started acting when I was six years old. Yeah. Um, with with no real aspirations other than it was a hobby. It was something that I just loved to do as a kid, you know, to pre pretend to be somebody else, to improvise, to... I went to a local theatre group and that was it really, with, with no grand ambitions. At the time I wanted to be a mechanic. That was what my dad was. My dad was a diesel fitter working on trucks and uh, like most young kids I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my dad and I wanted to... I went to bed with a spanner in my hand as a three or four year old. So my whole notion of of career was 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 hands-on you know academic I, I was I was pretty good at school but I was very much a, a you know hands-on guy and I wanted to follow my father's footsteps and be a mechanic so yeah me doing a bit of drama at the local theatre group that became my, my, my you know a career that I didn't realize I would ever kind of undertake so um, to have been on TV since I was I think I started Emmerdale when I was 12 years old I'd already had kind of a pretty prolific career as a child actor before Prior to that, so I've been on TV a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I'd worked, I'd worked all around the world. I'd worked in America, I'd worked in South Africa on commercials and various bits and bobs. So I was a pretty experienced, you know. Like I said, my dad was juggling two, two or three jobs at the time. My mum was doing the same. 
we lived in a pretty, you know, two up, two down. We didn't have a lot, but I was surrounded by absolute support and, and love in a sense of my wildest dreams were always, if I rang my mum up now and said, mum, I'm going to be a prime minister, she would, yeah, yeah. She, you know, <laughs> she, she's, she's just got this, she's just my biggest support network, really. Uh, and I guess that's invaluable for, for children. Growing up material-wise, you might not have an awful lot, but to have that sense of belief and sense of encouragement that you can literally go out and achieve whatever you want, however much of a gimmick that sounds, no, it's true. Though. it really resonates with me. And being on TV as a kid is something that I quickly became used to and it became the norm, weirdly. Yeah. But I had this amazing, for me, I was so grateful because I was in a very normal, unassuming working class environment at home. But I, I didn't let it kind of, I didn't get above my stations because it was a great privileged position to be in. I was lucky, but it was it could all end like that. And I was just this normal kid from Oldham. And, um, you know, I, still to this day, that's how I kind of look at things. You know, I, I work extremely hard and uh, I've been in some crazy, as yourself, some crazy situations with amazing people, that people that you look up to. Yeah. And you mix yourself, mix in those sort of circles. Um, but, it, you know... But you, get, you sort of... At, there comes a point where you sort of take that for granted as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because... Because those are your colleagues, those are your, they become your friends, you know, people that you may have, people of profile that you may have seen or been aware of or just thought, hey, they're cool or not. And then suddenly you're in a show with them or you're dancing next to them or whatever yeah. it might be. And, and, you know, you spend more than half an hour with someone and you get a connection with them. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you, you kind of, the starstruck only lasts for the first three or four minutes. Yeah, no, and I think it's important to always remember that they're all, you know, we're all human beings, you know, and regardless of what somebody has achieved, how great or you know grand that might be. At the end of the day, um, you know I've met just as, if not more, interesting people who run the local butter shop. Yeah. That I find just as fascinating. They've got just as their story is just as valid as the next man's story, who's who's got a thirty-year career spanning from music and and whatnot. You know, so everybody's got a story. You know, and, and um, yeah, I've been gifted to meet some amazing people who have succeeded so much. But it's what you deem as success. You know, having a happy marriage, having a happy life and exploring the world is successful. It doesn't have to be that you've got a, an array of cars and, and properties and you know great awards to you know to show your success. I think success is in many forms and um, hopefully I've got a little bit of success in, in, in all kind of walks of life. A little bit of career success as an actor yeah. and, and a little bit of real life success you know, with, with being surrounded by people that I you know, feel immensely grateful to have them in my life, my family and my wife and, and stuff like that. So. What a lovely way to look at the world, Kelvin. And, and, that's, and that's why you know, you're going to go on to continue to do great things in, in whatever field I think you choose because you have this grounded mental approach which is so bang on. You know, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate in my career and in this show to meet some people whose material success is ridiculous, unbelievable. You know, we've, we've seen some phenomenal properties and garages full of priceless cars and this, that and the other. And certain people, I'll keep the, their identities to myself because it would be unkind not to, but certain people Off I camera, have found... Off camera, I'll ask you. Yeah, sure. But, <laughs> but like I, have, I have found that some of these people that can list these phenomenal achievements and this great vast wealth actually are still carrying a sadness around. You know, that's not what I would describe as success because it doesn't have happiness attached. Busy and wealthy doesn't equal happy. No, and for some people it, it does, you know, for some people like that. I'm not sure it does though, mate. No? I'm not sure it does because when you, when you hit a certain, when you hit a certain, let, let, let's say 10 million quid, right? When you've yeah, got no. 10 million quid in the bank and you don't have necessarily a supportive family or, or you yeah. know, really close friends or whatever and you've had to really work for that 10 million yeah. quid, 
It's then about making 100. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? It's not, that's not enough. Yeah, 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 because yeah. that's what your target has been. Yeah. It hasn't been, well, I'll bank 10 million quid, but I'll have some amazing memories along the way, and I'll have a fantastic family, and I'll be healthy and happy yeah. and mentally sorted. That doesn't seem to be the approach. It doesn't seem to be what you're saying is the hand in glove. It's like, well, yeah, I've got some career success, sure. But yeah, actually, yeah. success is having my family, having my wife, staying grounded, yeah, being aware yeah. of the people that are in my life that aren't people of profile per se. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people forget that. Mm. A lot of people forget that. Well, I guess I'm still, um, still learning in many ways. You know, I'm, I'm 36, but I still feel very young and very, very naive in, in some aspects that I still want to learn. I've got a real appetite to learn and, and I feel like there's a lot I need to learn still. But then in many other ways, you know, I feel that I've worldly wise in many ways because I guess as a young professional, as a seven or eight year old, I was on, on TV sets with some incredibly successful and famous adults. Yeah. So kind of being in tune as a child actor, being expected to behave like an adult, to be there on time, to know your line, yeah. but yet still treated as a minor. Because I was a minor, you know, spoken down to if not, you know, and not be privy to certain chats and know that you're kind of you're creating the awkwardness by being there, being the younger person. And I think it's an amazing experience to have because it, you become quite a well-rounded person. But, you know, I'm still in development, I guess. You know, there's still this... I am happy and I feel like I've, I've got, a, a, you know... A, a grasp of success in many ways, but I still, I'm still driven. I still, you know, yeah. great, great pun there for the show. Love it. <laughs> but no, I still want to achieve things. There's, there's certain things in all facets of life. As a father, as a husband, as a friend, I still like I can still give more, and you know, and that can still be improved a little bit. As an actor, I want to, I want to achieve more. I want to, I want to do a film. I want to do. There's some theatre I want to do. There's, there's certain roles, there's certain genres I want to do. Th those boxes still yet have, have to be ticked, and I right. absolutely want to tick right. those boxes. As a racing driver, I want to win a GT3 championship. That's my first and foremost goal. You know, that's the yeah. first thing I want to secure, and I'm confident that I will do that. So all these things I'm confident in, but I've chosen careers that despite, no matter how good I am at them, and no matter how hard I work, and you'll be able to relate to this, is uh, it's out of my control. I'm at the yeah. mercy of other people's decisions. Yeah. And albeit, a lot of the time, subjective decisions as well. So it can be quite frustrating, you know. And There'll never be anything to do with you. So I want to remind you of a conversation we had. It was in the pit lane at British GT, and you had just got the call. You were coming into Strictly Come Dancing, which you came yeah. into late. You know, you, it, it was on, and then, it, and then it was a question mark, and then Jamie Lang was in, and mm. then he got injured. So you were effectively at the 11th hour, parachuted in. We were kind of sort of saying, this could be, this could be really interesting for your career. You know, that was yeah. the angle that we had. It wasn't, we didn't discuss the dancing so much. That was more a kind of joke at the time. But, you know, we, I think I was saying to you, you know, Kelvin, that show's massive. You know, people will, it's not that people have forgotten you on any level, but people, you'll be right in the public eye and there'll be casting agents and whatnot. And they're like, well, hang on, Kelvin's, you know, he's... He's doing well in the old shiny shirts, but yeah. we've got to get him in a show. Yeah. And you were kind of saying to me, yeah, 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 but I want to win it. Yeah, and yeah. you were using that language, and I genuinely thought, come on, Kel, you're kind of, you don't want to win it. You don't really, you just yeah. want to be in it for a few. I think I said, get to, you know, at least hang in for the first six weeks. Yeah, yeah. And you were kind of like, no, I appreciate that, but I, I've, I've got slightly bigger ambitions. Yeah. And it sounds to me like it kind of got taken away from this could be an interesting career thing to, I'm going to win this show. Yeah. In, in a sense of, when I say win, I, I, I guess with what I meant, in my version of winning, not necessarily being crowned champion as such, is applying myself how I know the potential I've got. Yeah. Not as a dancer, but anything I do, I'll give it my absolute all and I exhaust myself and I'll fail and I'll succeed, you know, whichever way. But that's what I meant to go out. I wanted to go out there and win. In a sense of I wanted to give it my all. I knew people wouldn't expect 
what they saw. I've never danced before. I, I've, I've always had a, had, a, had a great relationship with music. I've, I feel like I've got a bit of natural rhythm, a natural groove, and I'm confident. So I knew I had this, some skill set to these athletes on, the, on that show. There's, there's, there's presenters, there's all different types of genres and, and professions. As an actor, you've got, um, you should have an ability to lose your inhibitions yeah. and, and willing to expose yourself. The minute you can be free and embody that character, that dance, whatever it might be, out of your comfort zone, if you can tell that story convincingly, then that's part of it. And Absolutely. I knew I could do that. Yeah. And I knew that people would be watching, I mean, seeing me play a farmer on Emmerdale for 20 years, or might not have seen me, you know, might not know who I am. So they've, they've never really seen the real me. Right. And I knew that I, in some way could be a revelation. And, and I was confident thinking, well, a normal guy, I'd like to think that I'm pretty relatable to, to most people. And, yeah. and that is, I think, is, is a value. But when it came to winning, I, I knew that in doing that show, I was going to give it my all. If, if we was training 12, 13, 14 hours a day, I was training. You know, I've never worked so hard. Yeah. I, I absolutely gave it my all. And I guess it, it paid off, you know, in, in the sense of dance as best I could. I just kind of was a, a, enjoying the ride, you know, enjoying the, the unknown. It wasn't in my control. Again, with my audition, I could go into an audition, give it my all. Yeah. But unless that casting director likes me or not, then... And same True. with the audience, they, they, they picked up the phone and voted for me and I wasn't in control of that. Maybe they liked my dancing, maybe they thought I was a, a likeable guy. It was out of my control, so I took great. I was kind of reassured with that, thinking, well, it's not really in my hands. I'll give everything I can give and I'm confident that what I can give is going to be all of me. And whether, if that means week six, week ten in the final, then, you know. You but didn't give the public a chance, ambition. Calvin. You didn't give the public a chance. <laughs> well. You know, not only were you a phenomenal dancer, but they got to see the you that I've met, which is this genuine, really lovely bloke. Yeah. You know, and you, everyone saw that. You didn't just get voted as the victor because your hips are insane, <laughs> which they are, but because you're a really lovely man. And that's, that's what the nation got to see. And that's what was, that was what voted for. Not that your competitors weren't lovely people, but it was very apparent that you're just a real love. You're a proper bloke. Yeah, well, I, I guess that was probably in the back of um, there's so much redirection as such. And, and that's always, I guess, with me that, you know, when you yeah. have these amazing opportunities, you're genuinely grateful and, and just loving every minute. There's a competitive side. Yeah, I want to I want to do my best here. You? you know, if you don't want to do your best, if you don't want to win, not necessarily win because it's out of your control, you don't decide that. But if you don't want to give yourself completely, yeah. then fair enough. But that's not me. whatever I do. I want to give it my all with that sort of mindset. You will fail and you will succeed. It's as simple as that. I've had that same mindset in 10 different things. And, I, and strictly was ones that I succeeded in. There's quite a few that I've not seen. I've had the same sort of determination, the same sort of confidence, the same sort of belief that I can really do well at this. And I've not done. That's just part and parcel of it. Let's talk about that public spike. Because now, obviously, you're back properly. Everyone is remembering you and there's this great fondness and affection for you, like you say you were voted for, and the hundreds of thousands, millions of people would have picked up the phone for you over the course of that show. Has there been a translation in terms of bookings, the phone ringing, people saying, Kevin, are you, can we just see you, for, can we come and have a chat, you want to have a coffee with, you know, what, what sort of, what's been the spin-off since? So where were you six months ago? As soon as the show finished, I think I went on holiday for two weeks with the family, and then came back and we had this live arena tour, mm. which again was like five, six intense weeks and it was a little bit, you know, there was no real jeopardy. The TV show, you could go, you didn't want to go home, you wanted to stay in the competition because yeah. it was such an amazing experience. In the arena tour, you're doing the same dance with the same group of people, yeah. you know, socializing, drinking together, partying together, you're getting to know one another. 
people are paying tickets to go for, you know, they've got 10,000 people in Manchester Arena where I've seen bands play. I've Brilliant. gone to the O2, I've gone to all these cities and I'm performing there. Yeah. Albeit doing my little samba, but <laughs> I'm thinking this, I'm like a rock star. This is just, this, this is weird. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so it's humbling. It's, you can't help but feel a great, huge sense of gratitude, but at the same time, not let your head on a little bit, but I'd worked so hard the previous four months on the show. Yeah. It was kind of like- Party, a little bit party A little bit party time, but at the same time, people have paid money yeah. to go and see it. And we got into this thing where I think there was 30 shows and I don't know why, but the champion from the TV show never wins the arena tour. It's yeah. just never really happened. I think it's happened once or twice in the 17 years. Yeah. Maybe the public's affection then thinks, oh, well, they've won the TV show. Let's yeah. give it. Because on the give night, the, the audience yeah. votes on the phone, you see, for who, okay. they, who they want. Perfect. So, if, you know, we're doing matinee performances and evening performances. Two or three days in Manchester, then onto the next town, then onto the next town. And Excellent. So over the duration of the four or five weeks, or you, you would have done 30 shows. And probably a third away into it, I've won every single show so far. And I'm not going to want to be any of the other dancers. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and I could see people like some of the, the a couple of little jokes amongst everyone. And that, I started to cringe a little bit, thinking, oh, I, I, you know, I feel guilty for. And then I thought, well, these people have seen the show for the first time. Yeah. And if yeah. they just vote for me and It's Jeanette, not the same audience, is it? it? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not, you know, I, I can't think about myself because I've got to show how grateful I am for, for their benefit. They just voted for me. So amongst all of that, another kind of craziness i think it was only a week or two after that then is when we kind of felt the spike you know when the, the right. agents were calling and yeah. producers and i had that many meetings I, I do a lot of writing as well i had a drama that i'd wrote and uh, a couple of documentary ideas and suddenly they were kind of now coming to fruition you where you know these networks and things looking to put those on not necessarily with me in front of the camera a couple of projects i'm behind the camera and, and you know i've always wow. wanted to direct things so so that's opened up a, a vast array of, of opportunities. And you take these because these are some of the same people that a year ago, two years ago, I'd approached and uh, yeah. they didn't want to know. And suddenly they want to know, you know, and that's part and parcel of it. I don't mind, though, yeah, you know, you know. And, and so be it. And, and, and then obviously, as everyone would have um, felt, COVID hit. And, yeah. and that's kind of just pressed the pause button on a, lot, on a lot of projects. So a lot, you know, a lot of frustrations there because I had of such course. a good momentum to yeah. then go into something. And it was a whole standstill for you know three or four months. So we're now coming at the coming out of that now. Hopefully, fingers crossed, and, yeah. and you know we will resume with hopefully a newfound momentum and uh, exactly. we'll see where it goes. Exactly. I think there's big things to come. You're not saying too much, but I'm getting a sense there's a couple of things in the pipeline, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's there's towards the back end of this year, we've got some exciting things coming up, and then I think 2021 is a real is a real key year for me. I think with um, there'll be not a lot of new projects where me in, in a new domain you know first and foremost as an actor but there's other stuff there where i'm um making my directorial debut and and uh, so yeah i'm looking forward to all that it's exciting Brilliant. and hopefully to showcase you know some more areas of, of, of a the little bit of talent that you know that, that i've got you know i've always like i say you know i'm comedy is a huge part of my um pastime you know i love comedy sketches and stuff like that and yeah. i've always wrote comedy sketches for years and years oh, yeah. i never really had anywhere to put i put the odd little show on here and there but never on a scale where the, the public would know if you like yeah so now if i've got this opportunity to to show that then so yeah as as as, as, as whether it's a producer director a writer or as an actor then then I'm, i want to you're going to do the whole lot aren't you yeah i'll With, do a little bit yeah. i'm reading between the lines here, <laughs> 
get, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're going to do you're going to do a comedy series which will star you, be produced by you, and be directed by you. Am I close? I know. I don't know if I could do that, you know, because that that was one of the the options. Write the theme and, uh, tune, sing the theme tune. I, I've got to be careful of what I take on because you know I I, I think whatever I do, I want to execute. Yeah. And 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 I'm, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd be confident. In, in, direct, in directing something and acting in it as well. Okay. And writing, you know, so those all, there's quite crucial elements there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I wouldn't feel I've got the experience currently to, to kind of go and, and absolutely nail that. So I would maybe take a little step back, make sure I nail one or two, and then with the hope that going forward, I, I will be at a point where I I'm going to press you off camera about this. This is, <laughs> I, I need to hear more. What I will ask is can, when, this is in the public domain, whatever it is that's, that's coming next. And I'm thrilled that there is something that's coming next, by the way. This is really good news. I would have been very frustrated if you'd won and then COVID had hit and that was that, <laughs> you know. Because don't get me wrong, you're great in a race car, but we need to see you on the screen as well. Yeah, It's yeah. just, it's important. Um, can we come back and chat then, then? Absolutely, right. yeah, yeah. Looking forward to catching up with Kelvin Fletcher again really soon. Now, after the break, I'm joined by your third member of chat show royalty, the wonderful Gokwan, joins me on Driven here on Talk Radio. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. It's Driven here on Talk Radio with me, Andy J. Now, I'm elated to be able to welcome my next guest, a man who we know for a myriad of different things, but his latest TV show, well, I've seen it, and basically, I now want to be his best friend. I'm thrilled to say, joining me on the line, it's Gokwan. How are you doing, Gok? Uh, hi, Andy. Really well, thank you. And do you know what? I accept your offer of best friendship. Yay! I definitely, it's going to happen. You, I do warn you, I am a feeder, and <laughs> you will have to consume a lot of Asian food. Well... All of these things are massive box tickets for me, Gok. <laughs> I have plenty of space to be fed, and I'm a, huge, a huge fan of Asian food. <laughs> so, Thank you very much. Bring it on. Match made in heaven, Gok. I, I must say, so your new show, Gokwan's Easy Asian, you can see it on the Food Network. It's available on Dplay. It is such a joyful show. I've, lo no, I've seen a lot you. of it. Now. I've loved it, Gok. Thank you. You're very sweet. You know, I, it, it was never, ever to be intended to be like this. This is the funny thing. All of us have had a very tough year. Lockdown um, affected all of us very differently. Me, I had a terrible time with that. I hated it. Really? When we were talking about making Easy Asian, you know, cooking in the street, very, very Floyd. And then because of lockdown, we decided that what we would do is we would then um, go into the kitchen, in, into my kitchen in particular. So we filmed it all at home. And you would normally have about 24 people working on a show like that, a chop and cook show. Yes. Um, and we had just four of us. And so we were doing every single role from the food styling, the photography, obviously the filming, hair, makeup, production, uh, home. Home ec work, and what it did is it created the most beautiful environment that was intimate and sensitive and personal. So it's just a, a really lovely series of great dishes, gorgeous food, full of anecdotes. And because I was missing, and I still am actually, but because I was really missing my friends and my family because of lockdown, it allowed me to communicate um, with them and tell their stories and tell my stories. Um, and, I, and we kind of broke down the fourth wall of television. And that would never have happened if we weren't in lockdown. As much as I hate lockdown and I hate the situation we're in, we actually created a really beautiful show that we would never have got if we were, weren't given those restrictions. Yes, and I think that's why it's so joyful, because it's very sensitive and very emotional. 
It's so interesting to hear you say that, Gok, because certainly when I was watching it, I felt like I was having this very personal, intimate experience with you, getting to hear your anecdotes, seeing you smell the food and it, it capturing a memory for you, etc. And, and certainly one of the things I found hosting an interview show, uh, you know, which we started during lockdown, mm. is, is how open celebrities have been, yeah. whereas they may have been a little more guarded, you know, pre-lockdown. Yeah. People want to talk. Yeah, they really do. And and I think all of us, when you have your civil liberties taken away from you and you have your freedom and obviously your friends and your family and work, when all of that goes away, you kind of then have to sit within your own world. Mm. And it's very introspective, isn't it? Because you sit there and you analyse every single part of it. And I think that need to communicate and the need to want to discuss things and let down your guard slightly. Be, and, I, and I have a theory for this, Andy, and I might be wrong, okay. but this is just my theory. For a very, very split second, every single one of us were equal. So regardless of whether we were, you know, the sultan of, you know, a, a beautiful, amazing, you know, country or whether we were a king or a queen or, you know, a movie star, every single, a football player, every single one of us was completely equal for a split second. Yes. And that had a huge effect on all of us and how we behave and how we speak. And I think that that, that is what happened through lockdown is that every single one of us had turned around and said, you know what, actually, this is me. This is what I'm about. And we are, and, that, and it, it definitely made me far more open. And not that I'm that much of a guarded person, but things like my home and some stories about my family, I don't think I would have discussed them on TV before, but because I was so desperate to see my friends and my family and because I felt confident enough and secure enough um, that I, it just kind of came out and we've captured it all, all on film and in this series. And I doubt I'll ever make another series like that again. I, just, I don't know whether I would have that intimacy. And it, was, and it is all down to lockdown. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because I think we're starting to see the positives now because it's been so negative for so many months that I think we're starting to look and go, oh, actually, you know what? I've managed to do my garden. Or actually, I've <laughs> yeah. managed to reconnect with that person that I probably wouldn't have spoken to before. Or I've managed to make a TV show and tell all those personal stories. You know, whatever, however it comes out in you, I think we're starting to see how we have changed and how our lives have changed. And we're starting to look for the positivities there. You're, you're so right. You're absolutely on the money, Gok. And it's it's one of those things where, hey, listen, if this show has come out of lockdown, lockdown is a positive. Because it, this show is a bringer of joy. I, I realise I'm kind of... No, you know, thank um, you. Well, it just is. You know, it, it's one of those things. When I when I saw, you know, that why, why I was going to be able to talk to you, I was like, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, a cooking show. All right. And I was kind of expecting, because... I, you know, I'm sure everyone knows about about your childhood. You were brought up, mm. you know, working in a Chinese restaurant, your parents' Chinese restaurant, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and, and you, so I think that's a known thing. You know, it's no surprise yeah. that you're doing cooking. But I did sort of wonder, what is this going to be like a Jamie Oliver or a Gordon Ramsay or whatever, where you, you basically guide us through the recipes and, and we'll learn to cook out of the end of it, which in part it is. But it's yeah. so much more than that. Yeah, well, thank you very much. You know, also, the, the other beauty of this show was that I was allowed to choose every single one of the recipes. So, you know, we had a, you know, an amazing producer, Karen, an amazing home ec, uh, guy called Karim, but they allowed me, you know, carte blanche, really, on the, on the stuff that I wanted to cook. Mm -hmm. And so, again, you're, you're not only getting um, a, a, an intimate look into my life growing up in a Chinese restaurant with my family through all the stories, you're not only being then invited into my kitchen to 
make the food and cook the food um, and, you know, give, be given guidance but, guidance, but not instruction, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can watch something where you feel like you're just being dictated to. You've got to follow it by the, you know, by the book. Well, this show isn't about that. It's like, add it if you want it. If you don't want it, just take it out. You know, you can do what you want with this. It's, and so I suppose almost like with fashion, I suppose, you do as much as you can to make you feel confident. But I think on top of all of that, then, then you've got these, in, you know, these, I, I think, you know, incredible recipes that I've picked up over the years from traveling around Asia and, you know, and learned from friends and learned from my dad and stuff that I've developed myself. And so I think all of that, all of that rolled into one space is just a really, really nice, easy watch um, and, and delicious and really, really delicious, gorgeous, simple Asian food. A lot of people also think that Asian food is very complex because of the ingredients and the, how you cook it and, you know, maybe different utensils that you wouldn't use in a Western kitchen. But actually, when you strip all of that back, um, then what you're left with is just delicious food that's very easy to cook as long as you know the principles and as long as you know some of the flavor combinations, which I think we get across in the entire series, actually. So it's a little bit of a masterclass, but hopefully not patronizing. It's, it's not patronizing at all. And actually, I would say it's a show where every episode, this is what I've been doing. You sort of want to watch it twice, once just <laughs> for the, once for the joy of it, because actually, Gok, I realize I'm kind of blowing smoke a bit, but it's because I've loved it so much. You know, you're so funny. You're one line, especially, especially about your dad, I must say, about his size. That's, that's had me in stitches. And, and it was- He's a, he's a very funny man. It's, it's, it's very easy to be funny about my father because he, he owns the stories. Trust me. <laughs> I love <laughs> it, though. I love it. And I completely connect. And I've had this, this lovely insight. So I, want to, I, want, I watch it once just to enjoy it. And then I sort of benchmark, oh, I'd, like to, I'd really like to try that dish or that looks good. So then I rewatch it to, to kind of actually follow your instructions. Do you see what I mean? It's, I'm really pleased with it. It's such a good show. I'm really... No, thank you very much. What was really nice is that last week I did an interview with a journalist and she had watched the first um, episode prior to the interview and in the interview which was a Skype interview of course because we're all working from home at the moment yeah. she had, she'd made um, the flatbreads and it was oh, it, it was so, so it, the feeling that you get from somebody that actually cooks the food that you're talking about is so incredible honestly it's, it's a real gift and you know she went on to post on her Instagram about you know how versatile they are and how you can freeze them and everything else and so and it's so lovely and so I'm just, I'm just hoping that everybody feels the same way as you and the same way as her about the show because I'm genuinely really proud of it proud of it and I'm very proud that I've found the confidence to let my guard down slightly on television which I don't think I've done in all these years really because whenever I'm dressing someone or I'm talking about fashion it's always about somebody else it's yeah. always about their story and it has to be and that's the right thing to do in those situations and in those type of programs but when it comes to something like this which is very autobiographical um, which is very emotional for me um, especially when you're missing your friends and family that, that took a huge amount of confidence so I feel very proud about that um, and I don't often say that about work I'm very critical about what I do and I'm always striving to be better you know which is part of my, um, my, my tapestry really but this show I feel very very proud of it I feel very confident with it and very comfortable yeah you're absolutely right you, you really should be I, I've, I've loved it and I'm, I'm going to re-watch the series again oh it's thank you so this means fun. the world to me it oh, really does really it's genuinely I mean listen you had me at your opening line I practically grew up in a walk working all hours of my <laughs> Chinese dressing. I'm in. This is great. It's funny. It's engaging. You've justified why you're cooking the food. Bring it on. I'm all in. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I hope you continue to enjoy the rest of the series. I fully intend to. I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be given screeners, so I, I you know, I'll watch oh, it in real that. time as well. <laughs> yeah, but Absol- no. Absolutely. I'm, I'm well into it. Because, of course, and you're so right, you know, th- this is a very intimate and personal 
um, show for you. Whereas something like How to Look Good Naked, of course, which is how you burst onto the scene in, in, mm. the, in the UK's consciousness, you're absolutely right. It it can't be a show about you. That would be... It must never be, like, yeah. 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 It, 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 you know, a lot of people have said to me over the years, why do you always wear black to work? And it's because I worked out a long time ago. You know, I've been working television for, you know, for a long, long time now. Um, but I worked out that, for me, my role on television is always to bolster the story of somebody else, mm. is always to tell their story. If, if I'm lucky enough um, to work with somebody who's generous, to, generous enough to give their story, then I must never overshadow that. And so, you know, I wear a certain uniform to do that. You know, I behave, behave a certain way. And it has to be about helping that person. And then a few years ago, I started making documentaries and made them about, you know, child abuse, uh, obesity and, you know, and lots of different things that mean a huge amount to me. And you get to be far more personal with those because then you're talking about your own experiences and about you know how they've developed you've developed into a person yes. and also hopefully helping other people and then when it comes to a cooking show it's somewhere in between the two of them because they are personal stories because it's the stuff that you love to cook but then it's not turning around and saying in a kind of top chef kind of restaurant way which is no to, you know to, to get this result you have to do this 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 and if you don't do this it's going to be rubbish this is home cooking this is stuff that I feed my friends. This is stuff that I feed my family. This is stuff that reminds me of my friends and family, reminds me of, you know, of great, great moments in my life. And that becomes really personal. And that is like reading out an autobiography because every single family has recipes that have passed down over the years. Every single one of us have got a fond moment of going over to grandma's house and eating the apple pie or, you know, the special made the way that mum makes her roast potatoes or, or whatever. All of us have got these. And so we're all connected through food. So to be able to make a TV show where um, you break down the fourth wall, you connect with the audience, hopefully, and say to them, look, you know, this is what I love about living. This is what I love about life. And, you know, and you can forget all your fancy stuff. This is just what I love to do and what I love to share. And, it's, you know, it's a very, very special, special moment. And it doesn't come around very often, I have to say, and probably the first time in my life, really. I love it. I love it. God, what's, what's, what's next? Because obviously, you know, this this show it's it's going to be it's going to explode. People will love it. That's, oh, that's clear. I'm 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 very confident that the network's going to say, "Come on, God, can we do like another twenty episodes or, or another thirty <laughs> series or whatever?" Because we all we, in my kitchen. Yeah. Well, well, why not? But you know what? Have you got sort of? Are you thinking? Because I know lockdown has revised everything for us. But are you able to sort yeah. of jump ahead to the end of the year to to, to next year? Are you thinking what might yeah, be a timeline for you? Yeah, kind of. So I, so I, I host a, a fashion show, show called Say Yes to the Dress on TLC. And so we go back into production on that um, in a few weeks' time. And so that is going to be tricky because we've got all the new COVID guidelines and everything else. And that's going to be quite interesting to do. And then whilst, um, whilst I was in lockdown, I, similar to Easy Asian, I came up with another food idea that I uh, would like to make. I'm still developing at the moment. It's, um, it's unlike anything else I've ever done before. Uh, it involves some very um, close people in my life, let's just put it that way. And so if I can get that off the ground, then that will be the next food project. And actually, I've written two cookbooks, but I'd really like to write another cookbook. Um, one that's slightly older, maybe than I've done before, and, and kind of slightly more personal. So yes, I've got I've got things in the pipeline and moving around. I mean, the next big project is say yes to the dress, um, and you know, and also you know trying to rebuild. All of us are trying to rebuild, aren't we? At the moment, we're trying to rebuild everything in you know because of what happened this year, and that, and that's taking a lot of focus. I have to say, I don't know if you feel the same way. It's taking a massive amount of effort at the moment, and it's Absolutely. a you know twenty four hour thought, isn't it? 
Yes, it is, and and we still haven't seen the fallout properly yet about about what's going to happen to to, to yeah. the nation, really, have we? It's it's yeah. we're still in the water. Yeah, and I have to say though, and 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 I'm and this, this this does come from the heart. I do think that there is so much positivity that we have to find in this, and I don't think that we. And I think, well, I'm trying my hardest anyway not to focus in on the restrictions, um, even though I'm following them. Not to focus in on all the stuff that's kind of you know very upsetting every single day. I'm trying to find the good stuff as well because there are little pockets of that. You know, like I said, you know, rekindling friendships and you know, um, you know, all of that stuff. You know, finding ourselves and whatever so that, that stuff's very important because yes. it is such a terrible time and my heart goes out to so many people that have been devastated by by what's going going on yeah no you, you i completely echo that gok it's uh it's it's been it's been grim it might continue to be but you know we've just got to keep fighting yeah. finding a way forward i guess absolutely Brilliant. Gok, I, I've absolutely loved talking to you. I could chat to you for Oh, long. thank you so much. A really, really enjoyable uh, interview. Thank you very much indeed. Well, thank you, and I stand by the best friend thing. If you ever need anyone to cook for, <laughs> just give me a yell. You've got my Andy, number. Andy, there is always, always food going on in my kitchen, so you are more than welcome to come over at any point. I'm going to hold you to that. I don't know how, I but I'm going do. to. <laughs> I hope you do. Fantastic. Gok, thank you so much. Take Huge care, my darling. with you. And uh, Gok Wan's Easy Asian, it's just wonderful. Find it on D-Player. Find it on the Food Network. You've just got to watch it. It's great. Thanks, Andy. Thanks so much, Gok. You take care. Have a lovely day. Take care. Bye, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 